0: hello everyone i'm reverend carla welcome to spirituality matters and now i invite you to settle in let's find that sacred space between here where i am and there where you are and let us be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as meaningful and sacred as if we were sitting beside one another so let's get started so first of all welcome back i know we're not recording as many podcasts, and I'm not writing as many blogs right now during the summer months, trying to take it a little bit easy and reset and restore myself from some pretty intense moments of losing my uh, mother-in-law who passed in June and being present for that, but also just needing some time to take care of some personal Uh, situations. And I talked a little bit about that at the last blog, but today we're going to talk about a, the blog that I wrote for this month called, can we truly be better angels? And obviously you can tell that my mind is filled with everything that's going on right now in the world. And that phrase came to me and it's inspired by words of president Abraham Lincoln. So he said these words at his inaugural speech and it's, it's got an interesting story. So I write about that in the blog and we're going to expand a little bit on that today in the podcast, because everybody uses that phrase. Now you I hear it all the time and it depends on which side you're on. Everyone claims it as a source of inspiration to justify your beliefs or your perspectives. I know I do it. I think the side that is working for the good of the whole, that's working to elevate the human condition. We're on what I used to call the right side of history, but someone asked me to start considering saying the good side of history. And I do think that's probably a better, a better term because what side is working for the good of the whole? So we all want to imagine that we're working on the, that side. We want to imagine that this is the side of Jesus, that this is the side of better angels, that this is the side of even if you, if you uh, don't, if you're not religious heritage isn't Christian centric, that it doesn't, might not have anything to do with Jesus. You just work for the good of the whole because that is your humanity shows up in that way. And you want to believe that that's where, where we're, we all should be working. But the truth is that there can, there can be no doubt. I'm just going to say it. There can be no doubt that there is only one side that can have better angels. I know people will say, well, there are good people on both sides, but unless you're working for the good of the whole, then that belief is flawed and your character is flawed. So there's nothing inherently good or holy or sacred. In a belief that requires that you oppress another's belief, there's nothing there that connects that to anything about your spirituality. I think we have to be very vocal and line in the sands about how we're talking about this now, because I think part of what has gotten us to this point is that we haven't had difficult conversations with people that disagree with us. We just hope it would all go away. And that certainly isn't what happened. So here we are talking about President Lincoln again, his using the phrase uh, better angels while we're sitting here in this political crisis that we're facing in this country. So what does Abraham Lincoln have to do with spirituality matters, which is the title of my podcast But for me, and I've said this before, but it's, it bears repeating. It has everything to do with spirituality because for me, my, my spirituality intersects with my humanness, my humanity. It intersects with how I show up in the world, how I work for the good of the whole and be a part of elevating the human condition. So my religious indoctrination taught me that the most important thing about my spirituality was my making it to heaven. Everything was about salvation everything. And what I did on earth related to that. So in in other words, the work that was related to church, to your church community, those were the important things. So you often felt, and I know I can speak for the thousands who tell us their story all the time, that you behave in a way that you are literally jumping through these religious hoops of dogmatic rules That were defined by those religious beliefs and you were always trying to adhere to them that meant that the work you did on behalf of the church was to take priority over the worldly cares and if you really were doing it right it left you little or no time for anything else and in that experience the better angels were those doing the work of the lord by centering the church in everything you did That would have been and is still the definition of better angels how we show up in the world now for people who are indoctrinated in that religious belief, and I no longer believe that I believe that we work to relieve suffering which invites heaven to earth and we've got a long way to go. But each time we awaken to an awareness about our interconnectedness, instead of attempting to hold on to systems that demand a hierarchical societal structure that perpetuates oppressions of humans, we move closer to bringing heaven to earth. I feel like saying amen to that. So yes, spirituality matters is about anything that impacts us being better humans or better angels, which is the subject of this podcast. So, like I said in the blog, I wrote about how I can imagine President Lincoln. He was such a tall human being, and so many of us, I, you know, I've I've always been hunched over. I was real, so much taller than everybody else in in school. I shot up really quickly, so I found I hunched down to make myself smaller because everybody always talked about it. And he was naturally tall and very statuesque. But to get down into one of those smaller desk i can just imagine him hunched over and he pinned his inauguration inauguration speech to a very divided nation he knew how important his words were going to be because i can imagine that he knew that civil war was coming at that time of his inauguration seven states had already seceded from the united uh, from the union and he did not win by a landslide, by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, the person who came in second would have galvanized slavery into the United States of America. So he only won with 40% of the popular vote. So even though he has gone down in history as one of the most important presidents, if not the most important, he did not win by a landslide. And I think that's really important because when you look at where we are right now and we see how divided our country is, you can see how a lot of those toxic beliefs have stayed ingrained. What was happening in the civil war didn't go away. It festered. It festered. And the indoctrination that the entire South and yes, even up into the, into the Northern States, that indoctrination about Christian nationalism, white supremacy, minimizing the impact of slavery and, and, and systemic racism and oppression on our society, those beliefs, the whitewashing of our history, all of that has been perme- permeating to a time. And then you put that with the church's efforts to work congruently with that when they knew that people were moving away from organized religion, specifically Christianity you see how that movement has brought us to today. And I think that's an important thing to remember that we did not, we made some assumptions, especially after the election of President Obama, we made some, uh, some assumptions about where we were in our, in our country when we weren't there at all. If anything, it angered them, it riled them. The pendulum swung so far that the beast was awakened to reclaim what they saw was a threat to their national identity. It's wrong. It's incredibly racist and homophobic and transphobic and sexist and misogynist because, but that is entrenched in that same belief that sent us to civil war in the first place. So here's Lincoln sitting here knowing that civil war is, is not only possible, but probably likely and he was an amazing, gifted writer. We know that from the Gettysburg Address. We know that from several of his his other works, and he oftentimes would be his own editor, go back and soften the edges where things might be a little rough, or rewrite several different versions of it, and I don't know if it's because he understood the gravity of the situation, or he was also trying to bind his cabinet together. When he wrote this inaugural speech, he gave it to his new secretary of state, William Seward, and William Seward provided 49 edits. Now, I imagine that that would have caught it, caught Lincoln off guard, but he accepted them. And well, some of them he accepted, but he reviewed them. But the one thing he changed, which I think is very, very important, is the final sentence. I'm just gonna read the the last part of it, but you can go to the blog at numasoul.com and read all of it, where he said, When again, this is the last part of what Lincoln actually said, when again, touched as surely they will be by the better angels of our nation. And he's talking about the memory of where our nation has become, has gone and what is going to happen in the future. And may our better, better angels always rise up and guide us. So he internalized that and made it about our inwardness. Are we capable of making the union, the United States of America, be the most important thing and, and, and look at us in community and doing that? But here's what Seward had written as that last sentence, because I think this is really important that we, we understand how significantly different. This speech would have been if Lincoln had not made his own revisions. What Seward had written was as surely they will be by the guardian angels of this, of the nation. So again, he said, as surely they will be by gu- the guardian angels of the nation, Lincoln changed that to the better angels of our nature. So a guardian angel is one that sits outside of us that we don't have a lot of power over. We might, in different belief systems, whatever you believe, this is just a talk about the hierarchical of angels, whether you have archangels, guardian angels, ordinary angels, and how they're able to interact with us in our lives, how they belong in the whole spiritual realm. I'm not diving into that because those are the things that I think people get caught up in where you can get sideways and miss the whole point of spirituality altogether. And sometimes this is going to trip some people up. Sometimes that's exactly the point, because if we, a lot of times church leaders will literally try to distract you with these kinds of conversations so that you look to them to clear out the muck. When in reality, nobody knows, nobody knows the structure the relationship, how how they exist or if they exist, and they certainly do not exist in the way we like to romanticize them. As a matter of fact, if you look in, and maybe I'll try to uh, find a, an article and pin that in the show notes as well, because some of the angels that are depicted in the Bible do not look like these uh, cherub babies that we often find and put And use as part of our spiritual practice to decorate our home, to decorate our spiritual community, none of that. And I think that that is really important, but back to this, and I'm not saying they don't exist when somebody narrowly misses something or all of a sudden you become intuitively aware of danger, or like I get questions for people that will help them on their spiritual journey or these messages that tell me what to write, I'm not dismissing the miracle of spiritual, the spiritual realm that can communicate with us or protect us or heal us. I'm saying we don't understand it and to fight about it is, is ridiculous, is absolutely ridiculous. But the reason that Lincoln wanted to pull that away from the fact that if we have a guardian angel then it's dismissing the dismissing the human's responsibility from acting just from acting compassionately for looking around and saying this table of humanity should be set for all, not just for a select few, but putting it in the hands of the guardian angel is like, well, I'll just put it in God's hands and you have no responsibility when that is not true. I don't care what you believe we have responsibility here for how we show up in the world and that impacts our spirituality. You cannot reconcile hatred in the or on the earth while you're here and saying that you love the divine. There is no reconciliation there. Now, I'm not talking about trauma responses and things like that that we should work on to heal ourselves. I'm talking about hatred for other human beings and hatred shows up as phobias. Anytime you're judging or oppressing somebody based on your spiritual belief, that is hatred. That is a disdain for somebody that you think that you're morally or spiritually superior, better than they are. And you get to judge them and you get to be the keeper of how everybody else is and what normal is. Not only is it arrogant, it's hate. You might not call it that you're, well, I just, am saying what the Bible says. No, you're not. You're saying what you have been taught to say, and you're, you're regurgitating what has been preached to you from the pulpit based on someone else's interpretation of scripture. That's what you're choosing to do. And that's what you're choosing to believe. That's fine. Keep it in your church, believe whatever you want. That does not give you the right to bring it out here and decide how the rest of us are going to live. That's absolute nonsense. That is what Lincoln was saying. I don't have to know anything about his religious beliefs, even how he felt about black people, because we're gonna talk a little bit about that. On this topic of slavery, and his was about, when, you cannot call him an egalitarian where everybody is on equal playing fields, but he had thought it was an abomination that people were not getting paid for their work. Holding people captive and not paying them for the work to him was criminal. It was inhumane. Those were the tenets that drove him forward to say, I'm going to end slavery. And there will be an article that we'll talk about in a little bit. So, but better angels come from inside us. We can't say we're just going to live it, leave it to God. Better angels is invoking your responsibility. Every time you judge someone, every time you vote for a tyrant, every time you support fascism in the, in the form of extremist Christian Republicans who are doing ridiculous things across this nation to enforce Christian nationalism as the filter through which the rest of us are going to be forced to live, you are ignoring, you are suffocating your better angels because there's no way that has anything to do with living a holy life. It's living a hate-filled life. And I think that had he not changed those words that speech would not have been so powerful so shifting it to the person shifting it to the individual so I in the blog I talk a little bit about I thought about the quote that's that's attributed to John Wesley on do all all good you can in all the ways you can to all the souls you can in every place you can at all the times you can with all the zeal you can as long as ever you can That sounds wonderful, and how do people interpret that? Maybe it's just something to to consider for you yourself, as it as it is for me. I will take that to my journaling time. But what I wrote in the blog is the better angel isn't silenced by ego, and it isn't locked away inside, so it has little chance of influencing the the decisions we make. So the better angels are a reflection of our spirituality and our connection to universal and divine love. There's no room for hatred in that, in that connection. There's none. It is the purest essence of our souls that affirms our oneness with the holy is as close as our next breath. And I think Lincoln knew this. That's why this inaugural speech has stood the test of time. But one thing I thought about later after I wrote the blog And as I was preparing for this podcast, is that even though he was invoking this image of the better angels, and this speech has been memorialized as one of his most powerful speeches, those words did not work. They did not work. The nation did not unite. We went to war. We went to war where over 620,000 people died. Now, compare that to World War II, where we lost about 410,000 soldiers. You can't, we will never know sitting here 200 some years later, we will never know the actual horrific damage that it did to the people's lives at that time. But just 200 years ago, black people were enslaved and some people still think that historic oppression and systemic racism don't exist. We can literally reach back and touch that part of our history. And it would also be, I would be remiss if I didn't pause and acknowledge this, President Lincoln's words about being better angels cannot be reconciled with his beliefs that Black people were inferior. Now, some people will try to defend that by saying that he was just mirroring back the beliefs of that time and saying he wasn't racist. And they chose, they try to choose to focus on what Lincoln was in what he did as that that he deserved the title as the great emancipator and i believe history has proven that but especially for white people who are hearing this we don't have the right to say to define what that part of history related to lincoln's beliefs who did use the n word who did joke who did think that they were morally and physically inferior who felt that at one time the best way to th- to solve the problem was to ship them back to Africa. The only way that those words can be, his legacy can be judged is through the eyes of the black people. So to that end, I'm going to pin in the show notes an article by John Blake that he wrote for CNN talking about Lincoln's racism. And I encourage you to write it because he goes down so many different places where you can go off and read an article or watch a PBS documentary. And it is such, I could could see myself going another hour just talking about all the information that he has in that article. But I just needed to bring that voice into this space because that is an important piece that I am not qualified to speak on. I can only observe about it and allow... Uh, Black people to tell us and give us their perspective, so that we can understand the impact that it's having on them today, and why it has certainly still reaches through history and impacts a lot of the racism and xenophobia that you see in uh, modern America. And you know, I even thought about my own situation in Better Angels. I know there are times where I have not utilized my better angels where I have been just shut up. I don't want to hear from you. I'm going to let my ego take over here. I do not want to believe what I'm hearing from you. I've got control of this in the physical. I'm going to take care of this. And oftentimes my own history of trauma and abuse would be the filter through which I would respond to people instead of trusting that I'm on a healing journey and whatever is happening is not something that is a threat to me that would be me utilizing my my better angels but regardless and I and I think that's for you as well how and why do we silence our better angels in our lives and how can we make sure that they are what's influencing us and you know I I think what we're really talking about here is soul work what we're talking about is our soul and how we are either connected to it or we're not. And I think the reality is we kind of ebb and flow depending on what's going on in our lives, but oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just let go of the steering wheel and get out of the driver's seat and let those better angels guide us. Would be so much easier if we could believe that. I do believe that the better angels are helping those of us who are on the good side of history to elevate the human condition. I believe, as Lincoln wrote, the better angels of our nature, if enough of us believe that and are working for the good of the whole and are working to elevate the human condition, this is how we protect our destiny and our future so that we're continuing to expand the human consciousness. The human consciousness has always been evolving. People don't like those words, but this is true. How can you go back and, and deny that? I'm not talking about just the advancement of technology, the advancement of the awareness of the human mind and our con- connectivity to the universe and all its beings that we don't even know exist yet. If we believe in a divine, some kind of divine energy, mystical love that created everything, then how can we think that we are the keeper of everything that's ever happened? We're not even close, we're just a blip on the radar of time. So our better angels, if we listen, can guide us to this point to say, you've started here, humans, I'm taking you here. And when we start to listen listen to them 100%, that's when things start to change. So I invite my better angels, your better angels to guide us in the challenges that we now face to do, as John Wesley said, all the good we can for as long as we ever can and blessed be okay beloveds i'm honored to be in this space with you and i pray you receive something i know i did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear and now beloveds go in peace and be at peace go in love and may you be loved go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone you are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are blessings on your week and i will see you soon Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to Spirituality Matters at RevCarla.com. As always, follow at on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now!